1: <laughs>
2: Welcome to the premiere episode of ACLC Starring Eric Camaro of Decibel Geek And yours truly, LC of Cobras and Fire It's a rockin' pod pod crash What are we talking about? Well, if you want Local H... You got it! And if you don't, you're getting it anyway. Enjoy.
1: There's no sense of being clever. There's no sense of sense at all. Nothing gained in this endeavor. My enemy. we no.
2: Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I am joined, as not always, by the great legendary Aaron Camaro. How are you, sir?
0: Not always joined by me, but this time you are. And man, we're gonna have some fun today. This is the debut. This is this isn't Cobras and Fire, and it's not the Decibel Geek podcast. This is an awesome new thing. It's ACLC. Cue the bombs.
2: Boom. Oh. <laughs> I gotta say, that just came to me. I was like, this is perfect. The initial the initials line up. You can see the thunderbolt in between it. I can totally you know? picture
0: it in my mind.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm like, this is this was meant to be. There was you lightning I, and I mean,
0: explosions and everything.
2: That's right. And 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 if you enjoy today's episode of ACLC, just know you will get one about the same frequency as the Camaro cutout bin. Would you say? <laughs> <Yeah>. Roughly. <laughs>
0: It's a tall order, I know.
2: So, expect another one in 5 years. 5 years.
0: <laughs> yeah, 5 years sounds good. It's like uh it's like Haley's comet or something, you know. It only comes around every once in a while, but when it does, everybody stops and looks.
2: That's right. And and so we've we've had one other uh recording together except not kind of the Rock and Pod, which we'll get into in a Little bit, but that was the March badness, but we had a chaperone. We had Baco as a chaperone.
0: Yeah, that's right. right. And
2: Sinzac was there too. Mm-hmm. So we've never but we've never done just the ACLC show. That's right. So
0: you know, it's like everybody says all that. Camaro, man, he's a flake. Look at Sinzac. He does all the shows, man. He he's on tour half the time, Sin Yeah. Podcast right. Tour two thousand twenty one. Getting the word out about Rockin' Pod. So Chris is on everybody's shows all the time. And everyone says, oh, yeah, Camaro, you know, he don't want to do shows with nobody, you know. But I try. I try to do my best. But today, this is special because everybody always thinks, you know, oh, it's Camaro and Baco. And it's Chris and Loose Cannon. But that's not the case because today we're no. going gonna to break out of those preconceived notions of who has to hang out with who. And LC and myself, we're going to lay it down. We're going to talk about one of my very favorite bands. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I turned you on to this band.
2: Uh, if, you wanna, if you want if you want that credit, I'll give it to you. Okay, Does that good. make you I'll feel more it. powerful?
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. it makes you
2: feel good. <laughs> no. Well, we can go into that in a second, but no. Uh, from back in the day, did yeah? I know you in 1998? Ni- did I know you in 1998? I say no. Well, so I say you know, I can't, but Okay, maybe right, in spirit. No, that's
0: cool. I didn't know that because nobody talked about Local H, and then I started talking about him on Decibel Geek Podcast, Then all of a sudden, here comes LC. Oh, man, I love Local H. You're like, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so you'll see if I'm a poser or not, huh?
0: <laughs> We're going to find out today. That's why I'm here. I want to find out if you're a local age poser or if you're the real deal <laughs> like me.
2: Can you imagine somebody putting somebody that this is the first time anybody has been put to the test for their local age <laughs> fandom? <laughs>
1: But
0: no, that's kind of cool because that's kind of the band Local H is. You know, they, these guys aren't megastars. This isn't a band that, you know, if you stopped an average person on the street and said, what's your favorite Local H song? They wouldn't know what the hell you were even talking about. So to the point of that, something really, really cool happened to me recently. I was talking to a dude at work. And we got on the subject about music. And, of course, then it goes on to the subject about podcasting, which leads to, hey, I do a show called Decibel Geek, you know? And so this guy's like, oh, cool, you know this guy, you've met that guy, you've interviewed these guys, you've interviewed those guys. And then he goes, you know, I grew up in northern Illinois, and there was this band there, and I already oh, know in my mind yeah. who he's talking about, you know? Right. And he's, uh, he's like, have you ever heard of Local H? And I laughed. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I know all about Local H. Those guys are awesome. He's like, I went to high school with those dudes. But he was so impressed that I knew Local H that I took it one (laughs) step further. And I pulled out my phone and showed him the video of the time that I interviewed Scott Lucas right here in Nashville. And his mind was blown. I know to him, I'm the coolest dude on on earth. But you got to know that... You know, this is one of those bands that not everybody knows. So, if you know Local H, you're in a very special club.
2: I think so, and I got to tell you. uh So, why don't uh with that w- with that kind of as the the start? I want to let you know that w- we check the rules on both ends. I think are we allowed even by our contracts with our, our our two separate podcasts to discuss Local H? And I looked on it, and there's a clause that says if your co-host interviews Ron Keel four times or greater than you're allowed to talk about Local H for an episode or Ugly Kid Joe.
0: Okay, that sounds good. You're covered. What about me? Am I okay?
2: Uh, <laughs> I think if, you're, if, you, if, you've been, if you've had your podcast for, is it a decade now?
0: I was just going to say, if your podcast has ever interviewed Vinnie Vincent, then you definitely have a pass to take a little side pod action to talk about local age. So then we're definitely both covered. We got the Keel clause and the Vinnie yep. Vincent clause. We are good to
1: go.
2: Yeah, it also says if, if Ron Keel is not exceeded four, that if, if it's three interviews or greater with Michael Sweet, you're also in the clear.
0: <laughs> you guys do play favorites, most definitely.
2: <laughs> well, and that, that's a, well done, DeBacco, for doing the, uh, <laughs> the interviews. I mean oh, they are no they are no local
0: h or nothing but you know yeah baco yeah. good job man
2: good job man it's, it's, a, it's good but <laughs> uh so how, how do you want to do this i think that should we give a little well, I think, background i think starting
0: off by uh telling the world that local h is better than striper and keel is a great way to start <laughs> <laughs>
2: How do you want to do this? you want to give a primer so I guess, of, of what yeah, the yeah. hell so I Local guess if, H is, maybe fandom? Go ahead.
0: If somebody asked me, like, who's Local H, I guess I would describe them to say, all right, <clears> there's <throat> this band. It's just two guys. It's a drummer, and it's a guy that plays guitar and bass at the same time on the same instrument and also sings all these amazing
2: songs. It's Hold on, hold on before you go any further. Okay. You're talking about the White Stripes, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> well, because that's because I say that because I can't think. Is there really another band that was just a two-person band? I, it's I think rare. that was the fir- one of the first ones, right? Kind of that are famous I'm, that I ever it? heard of. You know, I remember
0: when I first heard that and like put it through my mind. Like, wait a minute, there's only two of them. So it's drummer, and then the other dude does what? <clears throat> Everything else, right? And then you listen to the music and you go, how can this be? You know, how can this be one thing? But then you go to the shows and you see them play it and you go, fucking A, you know, local H, got to love it.
2: Keep going. I'm going to slow your roll. But that was, I just want to make a point that I think it's one of the first two, only two people person rock bands. I, that I can think of. I've never seen anything like it before. No, Until, I then never Then there was White Stripes. It. When White Stripes came out, I actually said, ah, this total, like Local H is a little odd. Uh, a bunch
0: of Local H rip-offs is what they are. Yeah,
2: that's right.
0: <laughs> I think they're so good with their two-member bands, but that's pretty fucking amazing. If you think about it, you know, there's bands that have, <laughs> you know, six to seven members of them that can't even touch Local H. and It's two guys. So what I understand is he took his guitar and added... I don't know. He did something mystical and magical to it to where he can play mm-hmm. bass and lead guitar at the same time. And if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. You'd just say this band is fucking awesome. You'd never think, you know, oh, it's two dudes. And it started out in a town called Zion, Illinois, which is like right pretty much on the Illinois-Wisconsin border on the south side of Wisconsin. And... They're fucking awesome. I, my buddy <laughs> tried to turn me on to them one time with the uh, what everybody knows as the copacetic song. You know, the one song of local age that they'll play on the radio. I don't know how they do it in Colorado, but here in Nashville, we got a local rock station that's like newer rock stuff. And they play the one song. They play it a lot, but they only play the one song, and it makes me mad.
2: Yeah. Can, can I jump in there for a yeah, second? do it. Okay, so this may I'm not even sure if we even talk about this, so I grew up actually. The reason that I know local H, I think, well first off, for those you grew up in Wisconsin, uh-huh. uh, obviously, from everybody knows you, so you knew Local H from their touring cycle, too, correct? No, or just in the
0: not at all. no, no, no. Oh. The first time I ever heard of Local H was they were on a compilation OzFest disc. I don't know if it was OzFest 96 or 97, but maybe 97, I think. They came out with a double disc and had all the bands that played on OzFest on it. And they had the song Fritz's Corner by Local H. And it's a killer rock and jam. And I love that song. And then I had a good friend named Jason that was always trying to push the song Bound for the Floor on me. You know, everybody knows the Copacetic song, right? Heard it a million times. It's the only song they play on radio. So he's trying to push that on me. And I don't realize they're the same bands. I think that song's okay. But this is really great. And then when I realized it's the same band, then I kind of dove into it. But it wasn't until the second album, I guess what they would consider the breakthrough album, because it's got the one song that radio will play. And that's where I came in on local H. I didn't know nothing about them from them touring Wisconsin or nothing like that. I'd never heard of them before.
2: Okay. But you've okay. So with that, uh, I'll just hit on it quick too. And, and by the way, the goal of this episode, besides the hearing, the vocal stylings of both of us is to open your mind, man, yeah. give local H a chance. Yeah. We're going to give you, we're going to give you our, our, our top five, you know, snippets of, of, of each of our top five songs, and to say, "Listen, Copacetic sucks. <laughs> I hate, I hate that song, I know. and I can't think it's, of. It's and terrible I can't think, that that's the song they're known for. I can't think of a, of a band. I, there's, there's probably another example I should be able to pull out, but like a, a song that is a annoying, shouldn't have been a single. Don't know how it was a hit. Anything like that, and that doesn't really represent anything else that the band ever put out, really. Would you say that's kind of a good summary?
0: that's, That's pretty close, yeah. I wouldn't disagree with that too much at all because, like, there's so many local H songs that I love, you know, and there's a lot of people out there that do know about this band and do love this band. Otherwise, they would not have survived all the years they have and continue to put out music as long as they have, you know, new albums all the time, it seems like. And so, you know they're they're semi well known, but you know to like I said to know them is to love them, and to if you know somebody else that like I said you just in conversation local H comes up you go oh this is a cool motherfucker right here this guy knows his stuff so that's why it's kind of such a treat to do this tonight and hopefully we can create those moments for more people out there when you're out on the streets talking about local H. <laughs>
1: Out on the streets, <laughs>
2: talk about local H. Yeah. Hey man, you you know this band called Local H. I just you're just preaching the good word of the H. Yeah,
0: you know, it, good things you happen to those that wait, and every once in a while you run into somebody and be like,
2: that's cool as fuck. But but here here's the thing, and and, I, and uh so on my end, grew up West Lafayette, Indiana. Lived in Northwest Indiana from like. 21 on Chicago land area uh lived uh, around Chicago not in Chicago but in that time I lived there I would live there from 97 to 2006 okay and in that time I probably saw local H 12 13 times wow nice just, and and because they always played back in the day they would play all the radio fests so even if you didn't you weren't wanting to see local age. They were kind of thrown in the middle of the beginning of the day yeah. and all these, you know, 93, you know, 103.5. So I, that's what really drove my fandom was just seeing how much they crushed it with a two person band live. And, and, um, so I, I know you've seen them at least a, solid amount. I mean I'm I'm not not challenging your cred, bro. No, man. You
0: you notice how quiet I am. I was challenging your cred at the beginning of the show. And now it turns out you got way more cred than I even got.
2: But there's such a good they would play a ton of bars in the south suburbs of uh of uh of Chicago too. And just I don't think I ever saw a bad show. They always varied the, the set list up. But the main thing about this is this it, whether you're listening as a Cobras and Fire fan, or you're, you're checking out the show as a Decibel Geek podcast, or just music in general, don't you? I think local age encompasses all those kind of things that that are kind of the DNA. Of what you're looking for, you know, three and a half minute songs, huge guitars, yeah. memorable riffs, t- uh, a great sense of melody. Yes. Um, maybe the vocals has a, a, you know definitely he has a Cobain ish uh, vocal style. Sometimes, so but like, much better
0: and, than Cobain.
2: Well, yo, I agree, but I'm just saying there are some of the early stuff that I think he was yeah. kind of you know, kind of going for for that. Uh and then he broke away from that, but and just a and clever ass lyrics. You
0: bet. Yeah, for sure. And we talked about it mentioned earlier, the drums. Holy shit. This guy has got the Midas touch for finding drummers.
2: Agreed. 100%. So well, I think we're kind of – I don't want to oversell it, but that's the general thing. It's a mystery. It's a mystery to me, and it's a mystery to you. I think that they're not, they're not bigger or at least that people are so put off by them, I think.
0: Well, I'm just glad that Metallica won that contest last year to be able to
2: open <laughs> for Local H. I think it was the other way around.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah, jo- Toomey is still upset about that.
1: I
0: mean Metallica should be lo- opening for Local H, but, you know, what do I know?
2: Sure, sure, but uh, yeah, okay. So live—that's how you got your fandom. Um, how, where do you want to go from here? Or you want—I guess kinda... you
0: know—if we're gonna, you know, spin some tracks or at least give them a taste. Like I said, you know, the very first song I ever heard from came off an Ozfest album, and it was a compilation of a bunch of different bands. And when I heard this, I was like, "Man, this jams and it rocks!" And it's still to this day one of my very favorite. Local H songs. This is off the same album that the Bone for the Floor copacetic song that you hear constantly on radio came from. But man, this song blows that one out of the water. So get a little taste of this. It's Local H, Fritz's Corner. I'm
1: not mad. I'm just bored. And everything I do is only because there's nothing much else for me to do. And that includes you. And My potential every day is away and i'm wasted every day there's nothing much else for me to do and that includes you and that includes you
0: I mean, Fritz's Corner is a fucking jamming tune, you know, and that's a good testament right there to what you get out of this band. And that's, that's kind of what I like about them, you know. It's, it's hard driving drums, it's great riffage on the guitar, the vocals are powerful, and it's a lot of fun, you know. And these guys, if you've never seen them live, I gotta recommend it because <laughs> I've, you know, like Luce said, he's seen them live a dozen times at least, and they've been good every single time I've seen them. My wife, became a fan of Local H because of me, because I was like, hey, this band's coming to town. We got to go see them. What is it? Local H. Not impressed. You know, the name Don't Strike her is something cool. You know, I go, come on, you know, come with me. You'll probably like it. And now she's a huge fan. She loves the
2: band. And Pop Quiz, what does Local H mean?
0: I asked him about that when I interviewed him because I got to interview him at the exit inn in Nashville. My wife and I actually went down there and met him Earlier in the day before the show, dude was so cool. I'm talking about Scott Lucas. We get back there. We're hanging out. We're talking to him. And I said, man, you know, I've never known, you know, it's such a strange name. You know, where did the name come from? It's from two REM songs. As lame as that sounds. (laughs) Really? It was really hard for me to sit there and go, oh, R.E.M. songs. Cool, dude, you know, because <laughs> to me, REM's not cool. But apparently at one time, R.E.M. was very cool to these guys. And so they took two different songs and took like local from the title of one song and H from the title of another song. I don't know. Sounds dumb to me.
2: <laughs> Boy, that that either I think he's either messing with you or that is the worst name creation story I've ever heard. I can tell you one, one that's even worse though, if I may. Worse than local H. Worse than that one was, was this is uh no joke. Uh, there was a band that went to a Starbucks mm-hmm. and they were getting change and somebody <laughs> handed change to them and they said, here's a nickel back. And that is actually the creation of that band name. That is not a joke. I know. Go look it up people. It sounds you know like that? a joke.
0: So, but you guys, you guys on Cobras and Fire are known for talking about bands that are overrated, underrated, and perfectly rated. Do you yep. think the name Local H is what maybe... How much of a factor does the name Local H have in keeping this band from the upper echelons? Because yeah, if you ask you or me, they got the talent, they got the goods, they got the songs, they got everything that you would want in a great band but they were never able to break through to that top level of household name. Do you think it's because of the name?
2: I don't think it helped them but at the same time uh, to kind of look at the, the kind of landscape at the time. This is kind of the number time, you know, some 41 matchbox 20 local H. It kind of sounds like that kind of flow instead of a number yeah. before a letter on there. I just think it was, it was their, their big chance was if they pr- were properly pushed and they, they put out the right single, the, the right way in promotion for pack up the cats. Cause pack up the cats should have been their really big breakthrough yeah, album, I Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think it's bad management, but I think it's also, um, I don't know. I don't, I think that a lot of people didn't know they were two, I don't think they really pimped the gimmick. Yeah. If you want to call it that the two person band, I don't <gasps> think that people know. They're, it's not like they show them like, two dudes all the time, like, hey, we're a two-person band. Like, the White Stripes, you knew that there were, yeah. there were two people in that band. And they every single thing was, wow, there's only two people. And they're both – I think they're married or they're sister and brother. It's just crazy, man, right? They had like a – you know, they worked it. I don't think they worked it enough. I think that was part of – I think they are a perfectly rated band.
1: Yeah, okay. I think that
2: they got as far as, as, far as they, they could have with – because they didn't do a lot of the uh, – Promotional things as, as well as they could have maybe yeah. management and whatnot. What, what are your thoughts? That's just me.
0: I mean, I was it's the same thing. You know, I I knew about them because I happened to come across them on the CD, and then had a friend that got turned on to the song he heard <coughs> on MTV or heard on the radio or whatever, and came back was like, you ought to give this band more of a chance. I mean, I didn't never see anybody else wearing local H t shirts, and you know, this was the '90s too. So you know, all, when When I was young, I guess, you know, it's funny to say that because we're old now. But, you know, when I was young, it was like a group of friends. You know, It was like a a class in school was the rockers, you know, the the skids or whatever you want to call them. And those were the guys with the long hair and the rock T-shirts and the girls that hung out with them and stuff like that. Did you
2: just call them the skids? That's what they called us.
0: But you you guys are the skids.
2: That sounds like some straight up like, uh, I'm trying to think of what's the... uh, the Outsiders. Yeah, that sounds like yeah. something from that movie. No, All that's
0: right, keep going. That's for real, though. That's what they called us when we were that age. And because uh, you had the jocks and you had the skids.
2: <laughs> the skids. <laughs> I just never heard that term. That's a Wisconsin, too. That's yeah, totally
0: sure. Wisconsin. North Central.
2: <laughs> With burnouts or something like that. I just never heard
0: skids. Yeah, skids. I like that now that I think about it. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But, you know, by the 90s, you know, those guys, we'd all graduated and stuff. You know, we're not kids hanging out in school anymore. But, you know, you're getting a, you know, you buy your own music and things. So, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I never seen nobody else wearing local H t-shirts. It was me and my buddy that knew about them. We both liked him. We both appreciated him. I didn't know anybody else that even knew them.
2: I gotcha. Well, I'm going to give you some more proof. Proof to the people. Mm. Of, of when we were talking about this, that uh, – so basically you've got that uh, Local H's second album, which had Copacetic on it. So the next album was Pack Up the Cats. Yeah, great which album. Which is – yes, 15 – it's easily my fi- – like if I owned Nothing Else by Local H, if I had this, I would just be happy with this because it's 15 songs, like 40 minutes or so. All the songs flow into the, each – it never stops. Yeah. There's no – there's no fade outs or anything like that. It's produced by fucking. This is what I'm saying. The label gave them Roy Thomas Baker, yeah, you know, known for Queen. All this over the top production from his history and stuff like that. They gave it. There is such a amazing production on this mm-hmm. from from the the flow. You just you can I can't listen to this song without I mean, I can't listen to this album without his, listening to it in full. Pretty much. Yeah.
0: And it seems to me like every time I listen to this album, I pick up on something I maybe never noticed before.
2: Right. It just just flows. And one of the things that they got wrong on this, as far as the Perfectly Rated, is they put out, which is a good album track, but no way should All Right, Oh Yeah, have been a single, because the entire lyrics are basically that. It's like a good intro track for the rest of the album. The one that they put out later, after the album, I guess had started to go down in the rankings, and just was, they kind of gave up was what I find to be... I'm just going to float it up right now. If you don't like this song, you then Local H is not for you. And then it is the perfect rock song, All the Kids Are Right.
1: You heard me.
0: Such a great song, and it tells a cool story that you kind of relate to. You got to think about that. What year did that come out? It's like 98, 98 So, so the internet is up and running; it's good and strong. So they're starting to get internet yep. feedback. This is the first example of Yelp.
2: It really is. And it <laughs> says basically, but here's the thing. So the 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 song title "All the Kids Are Right" is basically saying that yes. The kids blew you up on a shitty performance live, and they are correct, but this is the band I think that they're they're talking about. It says first the time first the band looked wired, then the band looked tired, sluggish and a little slow. He's walking through the set as drunk as you can get, and what the hell is wrong with Joe? Yeah, now the reason I think this is the same year this song came out, I saw Aerosmith for the first time, and they sucked. This was during the Armageddon time when they're playing like uh, you know whatever that song is. Uh, don't want to miss a thing. And I love Aerosmith. This was not a good time for them. This set was really tired, all this stuff like that. I think he's talking about Aerosmith. I I'm don't think so,
0: right man. I think they're talking about themselves. He's talking about Joe, the drummer.
2: Oh, you're killing yeah, me. I like my story better. Yeah, they're, I to mean, me.
0: totally Aerosmith. Yeah, definitely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's never good when it goes bad. No one yeah. likes when they felt they've been had. Might be okay, but you won't wear our t shirts now anymore. Yeah,
0: they're totally they're totally singing about themselves. How they did a bad show and caught the shit on the internet and it was new, all the kids are logged on or locked on into the internet, you know, and so that it was nineteen ninety eight, you know, that shit was really first starting to where if you went to a show, now you say you pay your money, you go to the show, it's a band you like, you expect them to kick ass, they're tired, whatever's going on. You know, bands aren't 100% every show, you know. So you caught them on a bad night. Well, before, it was, well, too bad, you know. 80s, 70s, you you didn't get a good concert. You got away with it. What are you going to do, you know? You ain't going to get no money back. But in 1998, the fans had recourse. If you let them down they could get on the internet and they could leave a bad review.
2: They couldn't put a video up yet without crashing the system, but they could, but they could, you know, YouTube didn't exist for a good time, but they could put some, some hateful words out there. Yeah. They could tell you that they could tell you in in 1998 that you are going to see the exact same set from kiss on this entire tour. But before that, it was kind of a secret. You didn't know unless you talked to some other dude. Well, here we are. It's Uh,
0: 2021 and people are still wearing their t-shirts. So what are you going to do?
2: But I will have to say that, that I have had that uh, view of that song for 23 years, and you've absolutely crushed it. So really? I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> yeah. Now, now it makes complete sense to me, and I'm angry. It's like it's, I was just told, this is the same thing. You don't want to ask. I shouldn't have asked that. That's I should so have said, this awesome. is what I think.
0: Oh, you got to leave that in, because anybody that's a local H fan, like a hardcore local H fan, you're going to be listening to this going, what the fuck is he even talking about? <laughs>
2: Oh, do you think I'm editing anything here? This is all gold, man.
0: <laughs> oh, too funny! I'm so happy to have dashed your uh, false pretenses there.
2: Yeah, but 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 getting to the the music part, I mean, how can that song not have kicked in? I mean, that's a perfect rock song. And ni- you can you can even say that's a great '90s rock single.
0: I know it, and this whole album's really good, man. I love it a lot. Like this was the one that really. Put it home for me, like, this is a band that I'm going to stick around with. Like, this is a band that I really am going to stick around with now because, you know, the first one I heard, you know, I didn't know nothing about Ham Fisted. That was something I later nope. on would go back to listen to and be like, eh, I mean, it's local age, but they're not there yet. You know, it ain't this kind of stuff like you hear on this album. There's a bunch of songs on here I love a lot, but one that I always dug on here is just a hard rockin' tune, and it's one called Cool Magnet. Get a taste of this. Thank you.
2: I got to tell you, when I first heard this, I heard a lot of like. Uh, it reminds me of like a war machine type.
0: Yeah, riff. yeah. Maybe that's why it speaks to me. You know.
2: Yeah, and and I would say too that this is if you if I was gonna say that you're gonna take a uh, an entry into local H, this is the album I say to do. I think this one is is a great a great starting point versus their earlier. The, like Ham Fisted, I don't even own. I think so, I you know.
0: That. I mean, it's, it's not bad at all. This is a really great place. Like if you were going to turn somebody on to Local H and say, you know, what album should I listen to? I definitely consider this one either this or something new, you know, because the stuff they're coming out nowadays is really good. But if you're talking classic Local H, man, this is a tough one to top. It's a great <laughs> album all the way through.
2: Yeah, and I would say too that that naming the album Pack Up the Cats with a bunch of blurry pictures of cats <laughs> <laughs> in the album, as, as far as that as far as that goes. So that's a perfectly rated decision. Then you've got um uh, but even like the lighter songs, like Fine and Good. Yeah. That's a great, great, just a perfectly written song. Yeah. And you think it's gonna go off the rails and it's actually, eh, things are fine and good. Yeah, I like um, it. Lucky time that closes the album. Just Just a solid, solid rock album.
0: Yeah, I dig um, it. I like it a lot. You know, and then so Local H, I mean, they come out with this and nothing huge happening. You know, they release the singles. Nothing. I don't understand it. You know, and we're talking about 1998. This should have been all over the radio and I have no idea why it wasn't. But Local H has got just enough of a following and can still go tour and survive that they can come back make another album in 2002
2: and the name of the album was here comes the zoo yes and if i could just jump on here for a little bit too i think that you were right about this where local H, and i think still to this day they're kind of like the the uh more modern version of cheap trick in the area where they can just tour chicago yeah northwest indiana in Wisconsin I think it just keep doing dates. Yeah, I
0: like think Enoughs Enough falls into that category too. Those guys put out a ton of music over the years and survived without being megastars, just popular enough in the Midwest to keep
2: them going. Yep. And uh, but going back to this 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 album when it came because that was kind of a stretch. who's a bit of a stretch I think this didn't come out until 2001 or two so it's almost three or four years right. and I think they were dropped by I think they were dropped by their label um I think, they lost I think this was the, last, was the one. last one I almost think that they, oh yeah that's right they, they did
0: drop off over the last one and they went to Palm Pictures I have no idea but what I do know is you talk about how Roy Thomas Baker produced the last one. <laughs> These guys yeah. have no lack in excellent producers. Oh, the guy from Queen? That didn't break us into the big, big time? Let's try the guy from Aerosmith. Jack Douglas produces this one.
2: Good with a factoid, man. Yeah. I, me- and, I remember that, but I forgot. <laughs> I and forgot features
0: and it features one of my very favorite local age songs. Um, this one, I think it came out on an EP like the year before, but it's officially released on Here Comes the Zoo just another one, just a hard rocking, driving song, great lyrics, great drums, everything I love about rock and roll. It's a Local H and a tune called Half Life. <laughs>
2: This, this album was a surprise to me when it first came out because I had such this huge expectation, and it, it, it took me a little bit to get to get into it. Mostly because they're, it's basically ten tracks, and track five on this is called side one and two are like ten minutes long each,
0: and they're awesome. Oh, they're so good!
2: They are. You're right. Like baby, baby, baby. Try. Uh, what is it? The tame me. Yeah, song? yeah
0: baby wants to tame me.
2: That's fucking awesome. And I remember that they'd had an open, I was telling you all these, these rock fests that we'd go to. They had the opening slot at, at one of them. And, you know, they only, they only had like a half hour to play and they decided to play this song. Nice. <laughs> so, they, so they basically played, I don't know, four songs and then this monster. That's so awesome. To, to, end, to, to end their set. Uh, but it's, it, it's, it's very rare that a long song will keep you going. But both of these, what are the two? There's Tammy, and then what's the one? The what other
0: would one? you have me do? That one's amazing. It too. is. It's really awesome. That song's a trip because it's the last song on the album. It's really long. And what it does is like it's its own song, but then it, it kind of breaks down Morphs. and calls back to other songs on the album. It's it's a trip.
2: I guess of the two, this is more a straight up rock album. Yes? The, between the Pack Up the Caps? I think
0: so, most definitely, yeah. This one's, well, you look at the difference between the producers. The last one, you had the yep. guy that did Queen album. You know, like I said, every time I hear it, I hear new things I maybe didn't notice before. And I've been listening to this album for years. You know, so you got kind of that kind of thing going on there, and then you got Jack Douglas producing this one, the guy that brought you Aerosmith. So you're getting more straight-up raw guitar rock on this one, I think.
2: The only thing about it I would say is that it's... Yeah, when you write a song, sometimes you don't want to use too much pop culture as it sounds kind of dated, but, but it still doesn't take me away from, from loving creature Comforted, even though it name drops America Online. Yeah.
1: <laughs> satellite and your DVD. Yeah. Keeps you inside. It keeps you off of the street. Yeah. I'm the payments. Payments keep you alive. Yeah. Self-a-nation. So they get you on
2: We're all defanged and declawed. Love it. Yeah, I Everything love it creature, too, Everything creature comforted, comforted. This is this, this top shelf kind of lyric writing. You know, very, uh, I don't know, just best way is it's got a little bit, it's got humor, but it's like angry humor.
0: Right. Yeah, of. yeah. Just like uh, the song Rock and Roll Professionals. You know, it's like uh, you, can, you can almost tell like they have dealt with people. You know, I know when I talked to him, he talked about going on tour with uh, Corrosion of Conformity. So you think about Ooh. that. Local H opening up for COC.
2: That has to be a little rough.
0: You know, and so you got the metalheads that are there to see COC and you got Local H which is you know so much more than just just metal, you know, and there it is very metallic at times, it's very heavy, and it's also very I don't know, man, it's so hard to pin down this band and I think maybe that's why you know, you, they could never say, "Well, what kind of band is this?" You know, all they ever said about them was, "Oh, it's it's post grunge." You know, and I don't know where that ever came from.
2: But what do you call? Can I tell you? What one? would you call this?
0: It can't, if it wasn't well, if it wasn't post grunge, what would you call this other than rock?
2: They called it post grunge, um, right after grunge. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, post that that makes total sense now. <laughs> See now you now you've term. enlightened me.
2: Isn't that, isn't that lame that there were actually a period of time that they called it post-grunge? Did they call it post-hair? was, post-hair. was grunge <laughs> Hair metal? Warren, post-hair. were Warren
0: ultraphobic, ultra-phobic? That's so post-hair
2: metal. <laughs> right. Post-hair. <laughs> lame. Post. I mean, what a, what a generic thing to be. I mean, at least you could be new metal or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, make us make sound cool. But post, it's like, we don't even have a title for you. We're just going to call you. It's after something yeah, else. Yeah,
0: because grunge used to be cool. But now you guys, I don't know what the hell we're, I don't even know what the hell to call you guys. Just call them something. I don't know what. Yeah. I mean, because some of the, like I said, some of the songs are, there's metal songs in this stuff, you know? There's hard rock, kind of classic rock stuff in this. There's, you know, there's ballads. There's, I mean, there's a little bit of everything. There's a song on this album called Hands On The Bible that's got like well, that's a this great one too. mellow, build to it that turns into something monstrous at the end where it kind of like creeps in but then gets huge by the end of the song you know there's yeah man i love this band i'm so glad we're getting to finally talk about local h our that's right our podcast co-hosts have suppressed that's us for long enough and now that's
2: right it's finally we've coming been held out. down we, we've been held down by the men
0: yeah damn the it men it's about time time we God. do this. what do you got next
2: well I'm just looking at this the, again to go to your uh, perfectly rated question which uh, by the way I've been told I'm not allowed to use that term but Baco's not here because I've, I've used it incorrectly or I lost my <laughs> card or whatever he says but since he's not here I'm using it I'm editing it yeah I'm taking it I'm taking it back Fuck him. For this episode and I can tell you also that the clauses the only way I can use it is if that term is introduced by a guest
0: of the show which I've already done it so I'm good. I totally, yeah, I did that. Yeah, fuck Baco. He don't know what the hell he's talking about. That's right. We don't need yeah. those per- guys. Yeah.
2: Bako, possibly perfectly rated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yes, we've alienated everybody now. The local H <laughs> fans are like, "What? I turned in tuned into this to listen to some
2: local. What the fuck is this?" Yeah, I can't, I, mean, I specifically came here for local H song snippets and facts about a band I already know and, and appreciate. And now they're making inside jokes about people I've never heard of. I love it. Get back it. to the music.
0: Only local H fans could truly appreciate something like this. <laughs>
2: So, going back to the perfectly rated. Here it is. They had 3, they had 3. They had 3 chances with Island Records. Pack up the cats, they put the money in. They said see you later, Palm Pictures. I've never heard of them. I don't them know what that is. before? But they obviously Apparently, got some
0: connections. They brought in, you know, Jack
2: Douglas. Yeah, maybe Jack Douglas wasn't get that much action maybe he, at that time. Maybe you think he just it.
0: loved local H and said, "I want maybe. to work with this band."
2: That might be true that, makes that comes sense. in Later. I can tell you this much. There's a theme here. In my opinion, their best albums is when they actually have a real producer with them weeding out. Because th- here here it goes. They were on Palm Pictures. Here Comes the Zoo. That's one we just covered. Yeah. Then, and we'll cover this a little, little bit, but I'll let you know, I just want to leave- I just want to name some of the studio the uh labels here. Whatever happened to PJ Souls was the next album uh-huh. which again perfectly rated title. I didn't even remember, really remember who PJ Souls was no, until I had to look it up. Do you know who she no, is? No, uh-uh. Okay, she is she was the, one of the um uh like love interests in Stripes which was like one of the girls that uh either Bill Murray or Ramus I mean talk about a okay. random Thing. And then she was in a bunch – I think she was in like uh, Rock and Roll High School maybe. She was in a couple like 80s, early 80s movies. as like The Girl. Okay. okay. She all was right. like The Love Interest. And that was the thing is them saying like whatever happened to P.J. Souls. And my point is fuck if I know because I don't even know who she is. And that's what you named that – that your album? Anyway, this was put out by Studio E. And I can say the other name is whatever happened to this fucking album because you can't find it anywhere online. Right. You can only f- think – I never, I didn't get the physical – Because I didn't know the distribution from Studio E must have been shit because this is still when I'm buying, you know, this is when you're buying CDs. I know you buy them to this day, but I'm saying like, there was no, there was no slowdown for me at this point. I never even saw this in the, in the, uh, store. Was it, did you find it right away? Were you there on release day? Did you know everything about it?
0: I don't think so. I think this was something that I realized later that was out, but not too much later because it was, it wasn't nothing I was in line for the day it came out. If I would realized it, I think at the time, I probably would have. But I think it was something like I saw it online. It was like, oh, shit, the new Local H is out. I got to go find it and got it right. went down and found it, you know.
2: To that end, I, th- they promoted this album so sh- uh, so terribly that I saw them live several times. and I was like, huh, and maybe some- one of these picks you're going to mention if you want wanted to get to it came from this album, and I'd never heard this song, and I heard it multiple times. I'm like, what album is this off of? This song is great. Oh,
0: it's an awesome song, and when you see them live and they do this song, it's a huge sing-along moment in the show if you're not in L.A. or New York. If you're in the Midwest, this is something you definitely want to sing along with, and you're probably going to be able to easily relate to because it seems like you know we're the meat and potatoes you know we're the denver and tennessee and wisconsin connections and minnesota and places like that you know we're the meat and potatoes of the country we're not all flashy and glitzy like the coasts but so this is something you should be able to really like and enjoy this local h one of my all-time favorite songs by any band a song called california songs
2: That no just more California songs. Would you agree? Do we need any more? I mean, the tw- just the Red Hot Chili Peppers alone had, had, <laughs> had destroyed the, the name of that. I mean, going to California, I think it should have stopped. I think Led Zeppelin was the last one to be allowed yeah. to use California in the song title.
0: Yeah, between yeah those bands, Brett Michaels, and who knows, man. Oof. Yeah, a lot of California songs. <laughs> But a, Good Lord. That's a great one, man. That's a really great song. And that's another great album, too. You know, there's not a whole lot of bad songs on here. Some of my favorites is uh, Buffalo Trace. That's another one. It's a 10 minute song, but it's epic. I seen those guys one time live. They played that. Kicked off, I, if I'm not mistaken, kicked off the show with it. It's like, holy shit. They're playing a 10 minute song to open up the show. It's Buffalo Trace, which is killer. That's amazing. You know, I love this band.
2: You know what? Not one of my favorite songs, but always fun live just to go back to older songs. It, uh, one of another songs you might know, sometimes is played is High Five and Motherfucker. Oh now. yeah. <laughs> Which is funny that that was a single.
0: It is funny, and I when I when I talked to Scott Lucas that time, I asked him, you know, based on that song, it almost feels like I don't know. It almost feels like a diss to metalheads, you know, that would come and actually like Local H. You know, it seems like a weird paradox. Like, okay, you're this metal dude, you know, you like Megadeth and you like Kiss or whatever, you know, but you're coming to Local H. But you're like jamming around like it's a like a headbanger concert. But you know, local H really isn't that. And I asked him, is it weird for me as a metalhead to like local H so much as the way I do? You know, he I don't know. He was kind of taken back by it. But you know, it's it is a weird thing. You know, it's like local H on the surface doesn't seem something like me, a Kiss fan, would be huge into. Like, Local H is one of my very favorite bands. But my number one favorite band is, you know, Ace Fraley and Kiss and stuff like that, you know? And so it's a long distance between those two things sometimes, you would think, on the surface. But when it comes right down to it, they're all just great rock bands. You know, you can call it whatever you want. That's why they had to give these guys such dumb label as post-grunge because that doesn't even fit that, you know? And so... So unique, so different, but yet has that that basic like like you were saying earlier, that basic framework of what somebody who loves kiss loves a c d c loves zeppelin, you know loves rush can find something in local h to love
2: i agreed i mean on the uh the vinyl version of Pack Up the Cats, they even have a pretty kick-ass cover of It's a Long Way to the Top if you want to rock and roll. Yeah. So they pull off ACDC quite well. And But going back to this, this song here, I disagree. You know what? I'm going to school you on what this song is about. Oh, yeah? Because you already – yeah. I never took it that way as, as far as being a metalhead. I thought it was like uh, hating the bro dudes and like these older guys that just never like got out of the zone. Because, I mean, it says like – you know. Your haircut's atrocious, same since 83. Your glory days are over, and so so's are stonewashed jeans, which is hilarious right there. That's just saying, like, the- these guys that are, uh, you crass, fat ass, you stupid steroid fuck. I bet you even named your grand prize monster truck.
0: I mean, that's like, yeah, big old metal dudes. That's like Danzig fans showing up uh, at the Local H concert.
2: I think, I think he's I think he's making fun of Bruce Springsteen fans. <laughs> glory days are over.
0: Oh, yeah, I totally see it now.
2: You've got no taste in music, and you really love our band. That's totally a Bruce Springsteen. That's a, that's a totally Bruce Springsteen fan. <laughs>
0: yeah, fuck Bruce Springsteen. You got any favorites off this one?
2: Are you talking about PJ Souls? Yeah, I've yet to hear this album in full. This really? is one that. Yeah, this is the one. The one where things got weird for me a little bit with with Local H too, as far as discography, because I am I am a Local H fan in in the sense that I love Here Comes the Zoo, love Up Pack Up the Cats. Love a few songs here and there, but they only, they were one of the bands that they brought me back in just the last couple years. Yeah. Big time.
0: See, so I wasn't totally wrong because you heard me talking about them on Decibel Geek and we're like, I remember that band. Well, Camaro's been a fan all along. <laughs> so now, now the balance changes. So you mm-hmm. were a fan first. You got to see them when you were young and when they were young, but I, I was a fan all along.
2: Well done, sir.
0: Here you. I,
2: I can tell you what what do, what was what did keep me going is you know that a band I'm going to pick this one I'm 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 pulling an audible. If a band can make Britney Spears fucking rock, nice. That is is a testament to it. both a great cover and an amazing band. So let's play what came out right around the zone 2004 2008 zone, Toxic.
1: can't you see I'm calling A girl like you should wear a warning It's dangerous, I'm falling There's no escape, I can't wait I need a head, baby, give me it You're dangerous, I'm loving it You're too high, You can't call to give you up took from devil's slowly
0: that's so ready. awesome that you did that because I was just thinking oh I forgot about that cover of the Britney Spears song maybe I should call an audible <laughs> yeah. were you? yeah yes yeah it' totally it's so good
2: I mean you're listening to it like This is a great song.
0: Yeah, it's really awesome. Like, I never thought twice about whenever I heard Britney Spears to think, oh, that could be metal. You know, that could be hard rocking. But, man, you know, when Local H does it, that's a jamming song,
2: man. And just like California songs, both California songs and their cover of Toxic. First time I ever heard those songs was live. Nice. So this is the one that they kind of uh, has never hit for me. Um, I'm not sure if any songs are off of this, but 12 angry months released by again, another weird one shout factory. So their, their labels are ones that are basically home video companies that just dabble in music. It seems like
0: as long as uh, we get rights to the, uh, home VHS, we'll put out your album (laughs) pretty much. It's very odd. This one is one that I actually bought on the day that it came out. I was excited for it. I knew it was coming for once, you know, because, as you know, as when you're a kid, you you know because you've been reading the Metal Edges and the Hit Paraders, and you know when the new albums are coming out. But, you know, by this time, I'm getting a little older. You know, what is this, 2008? My kid is 8 years old at this point, you know? So now I'm back around to where I'm starting to pay attention to stuff again, you know? And life isn't quite as hectic as it was when, you know, when the kid was little, and so this one I knew was coming. I knew the release date. And I knew, still in 2008, that you could go to a store and buy a CD on release date. So this is one I actually got. And uh, I dig it. You know, I didn't pick nothing off of it for my, my five picks, which is a very difficult thing for me to do. But there isn't really nothing on here I don't like. And then, it's, I don't know, it's, local age standards, it's pretty good. You know, it's not their best... But it's all right. There's some really good songs. Give on Give me here. two. Give
2: me two. I should check out. I should go back I would and say
0: uh, Machine Shed Wrestling's a really good song, and uh, <laughs> I don't know, B- BMW Man is pretty good. Uh, the one with Kid is the album opener. That's a good one. Michelle's a good song. There's yeah. There's a lot of good stuff on here. I would just say go buy the fucking album. That's that's my recommendation to you. My friend, go buy the album.
2: I said two songs. You went, you didn't listen.
0: But anyway, so well, yeah, and then you made me pick five songs from their entire career to kind of showcase to give eh. people a taste of what they're all about. That's difficult as well. I could have picked something off here. Yeah, but
2: you understand, I, I'm I'm also providing content here too, as far as that. So it's a total of ten. It's a it's a combined right. effort. I don't. This is not a two and a half hour episode, man. The top I ten mean, when you and Chris pick ten songs from each out. I mean, it's you're there. You got that's an investment. Listen, yeah, yeah our right. our fans have short attention spans. We gotta get down to the, you're right. the nuts.
0: Yeah, this is ACLC after all. You know, you got to right. have the LC portion as well.
2: Yeah, ADHD, ACLC. We got to get to it.
0: All right, what do you got next?
2: Well, next one I've got is uh, another perfectly rated cover and <laughs> an album title called "Hallelujah." I'm a bum. I'm
0: a bum. I think that's from a movie that was came out way before I was born. It's another pretty good album, man. There's some cool <laughs> stuff on here. I mean. It's not their best. There's a song on here called Feet of Fever that is killer.
2: Do you have the CD in front of you?
0: Uh, Not in front of me, but I do have it. They're still in boxes. I have to build
2: racks. Oh, well, my point was I was going to see if you could listen to instructions again and just give me two tracks to (sighs) check out on this album. I already said Feet of Fever. I'm going to say, here come old laptop.
0: (laughs) Here come old laptop. Laptop. It's got some saxophone in it, but if you can what? get past that, it's a pretty good song.
2: <laughs> but not not a gateway drug album. Yes, it's more, no, a bit more of a. I
0: wouldn't recommend that at first. I would think the next album, maybe you might want to say you want to know about local, you want to know about local H and how awesome they are. Check out this one. The next album they come out with is. In 2015, and this was another one that I knew it was coming, and I was all Mm -hmm. excited about it. This was the tour I went to go see him and got to actually interview Scott Lucas for Decibel Geek TV. Talk about the album Hey Killer. You know, when you go see Local H Live, half of the thrill is watching the drummer. Because there's only two of them on stage, right? So you got Scott Lucas with his guitar standing on one side of the stage. And, you know, normally you go see a band. Where's the drum set? Way up in the back, right? That's where the drum set always is. Because, you know, you got to have room for the lead singer. You got to have room for the lead guitarist. You got to have room for the bass player, right? Not with Local H. With Local H, you got the drummer sitting right up front to the edge of the stage, you know, so you got the drummer right there and you got Scott Lucas with his guitar right there too. So that makes it like a totally unique experience to anything else you've ever seen. So what I'm saying is if you are a drummer or you are a fan of watching how drums are expertly played, you got to go see Local H Live because the drums are right up in front of the stage. You know, you're right there. So it's like, to me watching somebody who's really good at playing drums play drums is almost mesmerizing because you're watching them going, holy shit, some of that stuff he's doing doesn't even seem humanly athletically possible, but he's doing these things, you know, and this Ryan, the, the new guy they got is, I say new, but he's been around for years now he's outstanding, man. Like, watching that show, when he's just killing it on them drums. It's like you can't look away. It's an
2: amazing thing. No, he's pretty much the opposite of Charlie Watts of the Rolling Stones, who's just tapping his drums the entire time. Keeping time, doing a fine job, but they're just going, edit. Yeah,
0: man. That's That's a really cool, unique thing, a cool aspect to see in Local H Live that you'll never see, rarely ever, with any other band. The drums are right up front. I love that.
2: So Hey Killer, agree with everything you said, um, was their first album to basically, there was a thing called Pledge Music before it got corrupt and bankrupt and screwed oh, yeah. everybody. But this one was funded by Pledge Music. This was the first one that, that I was aware, just like you were, they're kind of, and I think that helped, was the whole Pledge Music concept uh, push online. Right. Did that, yep. Are you aware of it through there? Okay. Um, but no, this is a, this is a, questionable cover with the guy's face and bad teeth and mustache and I don't know who he is, but he's that's he's John
0: Kay ki- from Steppenwolf. <laughs> is,
2: is that true?
0: <laughs> I, oh, I think know. so.
2: <laughs> I'm going with it. Everything it's totally John
0: Kay from Steppenwolf, yeah. <laughs> All
2: right. Anyway. Uh but there yeah, if you want to mention I I just tell you my there is a lot of uh great tunes on this this was their yeah. return to form for me yeah I think this is the best since for me for my ears this is the best since uh, yeah
0: it's Zoo. really good it's i would almost on any given day i could tell you that this is my favorite local h album you know wow. even even up against some of the old ones on certain days you know i could say man you know there's not a bad song on it it's it's heavy at times there's it, I don't know. It's so good. There's so many good songs on it. The song that always stood out to me has got the most killer riff to it, man. Just hook you in. And when I got to meet him that night before the show, I was telling him, you know, as a, a hard rocker, as a KISS fan, as a, a fan of Maiden and, you know, Motley Crue and things like that, you know, one song on the new album that really jumped out to me was Gig Bag Road. <laughs>
2: On this one too, what really sold me is uh, another great one is a uh, City of Knives that yes. almost made my my uh, my list. And the just the slow burn, just you talk about just like they craft such great slow burn songs, and that is the opener, Last Pictures uh, Show in Zion. Too. Ah, I
0: love that song. Yeah. and john oh, the baptist yep. blues man i could just oh, run down the, that I one could is just,
2: killer too i could
0: just run down the whole track list on that album and tell you every song on there is great i'm talking great really good
2: and this is when they uh i actually have this one on order this inspired me to go and order they have a special like pressing of this with like uh it's coming out this year but i've never owned it so i decided i'm gonna own it in vinyl and um I'm getting that Suppose uh, from GNP records is what they're on right now. So, if, yeah. and, and by the way, if, if you do, uh, decide to get to get into local H or you are a fan of local H and want to possibly, and, and you are into vinyl GNP records makes all their new releases and they do a fantastic job from sound quality to production, the packaging, everything like that. So if you're on the fence of paying for, for any of these zero complaints, some of my best yeah. sounding vinyl. So,
0: and it's awesome because even for me, I order CDs and I think, you know, oh, this is the release date. But when mm-hmm. you get in on it ahead of time on the pre order, Local H is known to show up earlier in your mailbox than the actual Ooh. release date. And that's always a treat, too.
2: That's nice. So that's what happened with Lifers.
0: Oh, yeah. I was so happy the day I opened the mailbox and found that one.
2: So Lifers shows up produced by. Well, I think it's mixed or I know it doesn't list him everywhere, but I thought that Albini, Albini, Steve Albini of, Albini. of uh, Nirvana was involved in this a bit. Hmm. I did not so know there that. there he is. He was involved. It was his studio in the recording of it. Doesn't have him as officially as a producer, but I can tell you that He was this, there. He was there in spirit. He did something. I'm not sure what it was, but I can tell you this much, and that is that this and pack up the cats for my ears are the two best sounding yeah yes those two it goes that and then zoo number three for as far as the quality just the crispness and the just crushing uh uh, production yeah i love the sound of the lifers
0: lifers is a great great album too you know i was when that one came out i was a little nervous because the first single come out didn't really grab me and i was like oh shit you know i don't know if i'm gonna like this you know maybe they're being weird. But then I got the album and everything else but that song all hit me like really good. And I loved it a lot. You got to love it, man. Local H, they've been around since the middle of the 90s. And they're still putting out albums in 2020. They're out on tour right now. I think Scott Lucas has got his own podcast. This band has got enough for you. If you want to be a fan of a band, this is a band that will give you something worth being a fan over. So they're always coming out with new music. Live albums, they're always on the road with the exception of like last year. But I, man, they I know they've got shows booked already. This is a band that I just can't recommend enough. Most people don't know who Local H is, but if you don't, you're missing something in your life. Trust me, trust Loose Cannon. We're telling you, this is a band worth checking out.
2: Agreed. And then, Lifers, if you want that for our band. That's tw- twenty five years plus into their career to put out an album this strong, yeah. this start to finish, great, fantastic. And I'm going to feature a song. Uh, a- actually, before we play out, and I'm going to feature a song off this album. You want to? Do you want me just to use your Rockin' Pod plug? Do you like You think you've already pre recorded? Um, yeah, how you
0: sure. I- you know, I think everybody knows about Rockin' Pod coming up on August sixth through the eighth, right here in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, play it. It's the return of Rockin' Pod, August 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Man, what a weekend it's going to be. Kicking things off on Friday night with a rock and roll party you got to see to believe. That night we're going to see the unveiling of the band Resist and Bite. That's right, featuring former Tesla guitarist Tommy Skio also a rare hair set featuring all kinds of special guests you're never gonna believe who you're gonna see on stage during rare hair a great set by Greg Mangus's Rock United and also an acoustic set by Ron Keel and that's just kicking things off for the weekend the next day August 7th at the Hilton Nashville Airport it's the main event It's Rockin' Pod 2021. You're gonna find podcasters from all over North America doing what they do best, creating magical content on the spot. You can watch it happen. There'll be vendors. They're only bringing their rock stuff. If you've got a missing piece of your rock collection, odds are you will find it at Rockin' Pod. Albums, posters, t-shirts, and other hard to find rock memorabilia all available to you at Rockin' Pot. You like to hang out with rock stars? You want to ask them the important questions? You want to get your autographs? Well, no better place than Rockin' Pot. Making appearances that day, Billy Sheehan, Luce Cannon, Carmen Apiece, Vinnie Apice, Baco, Mark Goodman, Ricky Rackman, Matt Pinfield, Ron Keel, Don Jameson, Craig Gass, Pamela DeBars, Roxy Blue, Tora Tora, Tony Harnell, Ace Von Johnson, Resistant Bite, famous producer Toby Wright, Jason Beeler from Saigon Kick, Paul Taylor from Winger, and so much more come hang out with your favorite rockers and your favorite podcasts like Cobras and Fire they're going to be there you can meet Baco and Loose Cannon in person get your autographs get your jerk socks and your choney wipes the only place to do it is Rockin' Pod what a weekend all that and a whole lot more August 6th through the 8th Nashville, Tennessee Hilton, Nashville Airport it's Rockin' Pod You gotta be there if you're a rock fan. We want to see you party with us and Cobras and Fire. Brought to you by Encaptia, Brad Lee Entertainment, and Pantheon. Get all the information at rockinpod.com.
2: I have really enjoyed... The first episode of ACLC, I hope you have uh, enjoyed and and our audience has enjoyed as well. What say you, Aaron? I like it.
0: I like it a lot, man. This was a lot of fun. We get to talk about a band that deserves some recognition. You know, we're just a couple of goofy rock and rollers having a good time. We hope you enjoyed that and could sit through it enough to go, you know what? These guys are idiots, but their love for Local H is true, and you got to respect
2: us for that. It's pure. And so again- yes. From their latest album, Lifers, we recommend skipping track one, Patrick Bateman. Yes? Just yes. skip
0: skip that and listen to the whole rest.
2: Yeah. Everything else, else on here is gold. I'm going to feature and play us out with my favorite track on the album, and that wait, is- Wait,
0: wait. What? Before, before we do that, I just got to know, in five years when we do this again, what are we doing next? Ugly Kid Joe? Enough stuff? Damn straight. Tough? Yes. What well, we, whatever.
2: Y- y- it's, it's always the guest's pick. All These right, These are awesome. things that would we are not allowed- by our co host to discuss our love for these things in full. So this is when we can have this, the rights to do this. Yes.
0: Fantastic. I can't right. wait, man. Five years is going to take so long to get here. I I just can't <laughs> wait till the next time. <laughs> All right. This was so awesome, man. Thank you for having me on for this.
2: Absolutely, Aaron. I'll see you at and Pod, and I hope to, to see everybody that's listening.
0: Heck yeah, man. Rock and roll. Play us out.
2: All right, I'm playing this out with Demon Dreams. Oh, wait. For ACLC, do we do Rock's Not Dead or do we not? Fuck it. Fuck it. That's a different thing. Here's Demon Dreams, Local H. Look up the discography. Do it. And get to know the greatest perfectly rated band (laughs) out there.
1: I had a long ass
0: day at work, but yep. I came home and thought, man, you know, I, is it coffee or beer? Like I'm hanging right. on a loose cannon tonight. I think it's a beer. And then it turned into four. Yes.
2: Oh, so. you're on four beers right now? I'm on zero beers. I got to catch up.